Welcome to Emotionally Healthy Legacy. My name is Elizabeth and I am a mom of four. I have three boys and one little girl. My goal here is to educate moms about emotional wellness and motherhood, learning how to regulate their own emotions in a healthy way, and then teaching their little ones regulating their emotions and how to build close relationships and families. Welcome back. Hi friends. Today I have a guest. Her name is Jackie and she is a homeschooling mom and she's been homeschooling for a while. So she has some experience and today we'll be learning from her how to simplify homeschooling and how to make things less stressful. Because if you remember, the the more stress we have, the more dysregulated we are, the more frustrated we are and that comes out in our behavior. So if there's anything we can do to reduce our stress load, that is really, really super helpful for us to be more emotionally regulated. And Jackie is going to help us out with that today. I am not a homeschooling mom. This is just not something I am choosing to put on my plate right now. But I know that some of you are. And hopefully some of these tips will be helpful for you. Hi, friends. Hi, mamas. Welcome back. Today we have Jackie with us. And she is a homeschooling coach. So she is a mom who is practicing homeschooling and she loves to help other moms to simplify and make it an easier transition to do homeschooling because that can also uh, be a very challenging thing on top of all the other things that we have to deal with as moms. So Jackie, tell us a little bit about yourself. First off, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Um, So yes, I have four kids. Um, I have a three-year-old, a five-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 14-year-old. So I've been homeschooling my 14-year-old since she was, instead of sending her, we sent her to a private preschool. And instead of sending her for a second time because of her age, we decided to homeschool her, try kindergarten early, just as a trial run. Um, because I was having my second daughter at the time and I didn't want to go back to work because I'm a teacher. I used to teach in the New York city um, public school system. So that first homeschool year was a trial and it ended up lasting until now. So, um, for the first time this year, my daughter went to high school. She's now in a public, um, charter school for the arts. Um, so it's been a really great transition for her. We've been really thankful for that. Uh, But it wasn't always my plan to send her to high school. Um, We kind of took it year by year. I know some moms are like, no, I cannot do the high school years, but I don't believe that it's a one size fits all. And that's kind of what I, what I like to talk about, because I think we, we automatically stop ourselves from attempting something that could be really amazing for your family, because we see all the negative and we think we can't handle it because things seem really overwhelming and stressful. And it doesn't have to be that way. Homeschooling can just naturally weave into your day without all of the stress. Of course, every situation will be stressful from time to time, but it can be a really beautiful thing if you allow yourself to create it in a way that causes more peace in your family. Yeah. So let's talk about that because I, as I told you earlier, one of the things that I feel like is holding me back from the um, 
homeschooling is how stressful it will be. Like in my head, I'm like, oh, it's going to be so stressful. And so it's a story I tell myself. So then it gives me so much anxiety to even think about it. And maybe because I'm in a season of like a newborn as well, it could be that as well. And I know that when we had to do distance learning, it was really challenging, though I hear homeschooling is very different from distance learning. But when I had to do it, it felt very, um, there's so much tension between me and my son. And so I'm like, if this is what homeschool is like, I don't know if I'm cut out for this. This is just really hard. And so I know some of our listeners do homeschool. And I would like to learn from you, what are some tips that you will suggest to us that will simplify, will make it easier, will not be as stressful um, if someone is thinking, considering this or is in the midst of it. Okay. So the first thing before we would get into the actual schedule and how to do it, it's really important for moms to recognize what their education was like. I did not homeschool personally as as a child. So because I wasn't homeschooled, the whole situation was new to me. And I had a very negative view of homeschooling. I did not want to homeschool. It was my husband that suggested it. So right away, because I didn't want to, I had to help myself get excited about it and kind of retrain my brain in that way to kind of see it as a positive thing. And I was always focused as a child on getting good grades. So the number, the the numbers were always in my head. Well, you have to have a test to show that they learned X, Y, Z. But when you're homeschooling, you don't necessarily have to focus so much on grades. You can have conversations and see if they learned. So that had to be changed. Um, so I think a lot of it is how we're viewing what education looks like. Um, another thing I think get, that gets very challenging is with social media right now. If you follow any homeschooling pages and you see people that are doing something and you automatically think, I cannot do that, but that's not the way you should be starting to create your homeschool based on what you see other people are doing. I think the comparison in homeschooling is really, really challenging In the beginning of my homeschool, probably the first five years or so, every time I would hear another mom talk about a math curriculum that they were doing, I ended up switching because I felt like my curriculum wasn't good if we had a bad day. So I I was never really, I never created a solid foundation and I never understood what my, how my kids learned best. I was looking for curriculum, trying to create it and overloading our schedule with too much. And that's why things just did not go well in the beginning. Mm, That makes sense. Um, My husband was homeschooled for middle school and high school, but his parents um, were immigrants. And so they didn't know much English. So they just bought a curriculum um, and then It was just watching videos and reading a textbook and taking a test. That's all he knows about homeschool. And I've heard that it's very different now. 
Mm-hmm. And um, and so when he thinks of like a homeschool, he's like, oh, I don't want our kids to experience what I experience. It's like so boring. I He's like, I don't like it. And so, yeah, tell us a little bit more about things that how your day looks like and um, things that you learned that, you know, have simplified. And um, one of the things you said was curriculum, like you kept switching and um, that even created more stress for you. Mm-hmm. So what I like to do and what I, what I help people work through is to focus on the core subjects. When you think about life, how many um, situations in your life are you actually encountering math all the time, right? Math is everywhere. The same thing goes for reading. So I think we are very used to thinking of the school system, having to have math, reading, science, history, social studies. And if you start making a list of all of the subjects that students are taught in a school for seven hours in the day, that alone will make you stressed out because you just can't do all of those things in one day. But you also have to think about how many children you have versus how many children are in the school system. You have a lot of time when you work one-on-one. What happens when a child is struggling in math in a school? The teacher suggests that you get a tutor, right? Why? Because one-on-one is the most amazing thing that you can do for a child. So you're already tutoring them and helping them all the time. So I first want you to get out of the, I have to do every single subject right? And then you want to make sure that you are not thinking of school as a compartmentalized, making sure we're checking off boxes, going through every subject. I want you to think about how you can weave in what you're naturally doing into your day. So for example, if you are cooking a recipe, invite your children to help you cook And you don't actually have to tell them that in the moment, but that will be school. You can start out by teaching them fractions and teaching them all all of the different measurements and how to mix and how to follow a recipe. That is math. Those life skills are way more important and will actually stick with them and help them in life. But I think we we, we create this need to go through every single page in our math book. But guess what? In schools, they don't go through every single page. The teachers are struggling to get through. I know because I was in it. We've never finished an entire book. So you can skip over things. And if you're learning about fractions, you can take that to the kitchen and get dinner started early. So it's things like that, that um, will be more fun. You want to have your children really enjoy their learning instead of always thinking of math as, okay, now it's time for me to sit here with my book. Granted, there there are times where they need to learn the discipline of following through and, but you can even, I've done this for my kids too. When I know some of my children get overwhelmed by some of the curriculum, because there's like 40 questions. So you can cover up half the page, cross out half the page and say, do only 10 problems because you'll know if they get it and you can easily breeze through certain lessons because of that. Oh, that's so helpful. That like makes me feel hopeful. And like, it feels lighter as you're talking about it, that you don't have to do 
like every single lesson in the book and like complete everything. Um, because that's like, that's me though. Like when my kids bring an assignment from school, like some homework, I'm like, we have to finish everything. And so switching that perspective to be like, no, they don't like, if it's overwhelming, if it's super stressful for them, like, and if it's creating so much tension, we can shift that and like, find another way to do it that will be more fun for them and for you. And children in the system are, are, they are given, uh, teachers are given goals for their students and their standards, those goals have to be met through the books in school, right? So you have to find ways to teach the goals. You're doing the same thing at home. So when you create goals for your kids, you don't have to follow every single thing that the book is saying. You just want the end goal to be reached. You want them to learn a topic. So go out on a field trip to have them learn a topic. Um, And depending on your state, some states are a lot stricter than others with reporting. um, But that doesn't necessarily matter because as long as you are teaching this standard or whatever you want them to learn, how you go about it is totally up to you because you're the teacher. So um, I want to talk about things that you can do because I know a lot of you mentioned before, distance learning is uh, very challenging because I think moms get frustrated with that because that is not true homeschooling. Distance learning, you're following the curriculum of the school, right? But if you create your own school, if you don't like teaching math, for example, there is a um, website called outschool.com that you can find a math teacher that teaches math for six weeks at a time. So you will actually find live teachers that will go on Zoom and will work on fractions, for example. So if there's a topic that you're not sure of for yourself, there are so many resources out there to be able to help your kids really learn it in a fun, engaging way without having to just have a book in front of you. So some that's so helpful. Yeah. Just like knowing that that's available and there's just so many more um, resources nowadays than when like, um, 15 years ago, when my husband 15, 20 years ago, when he was in high school or, you know, middle school learning all this stuff. If you're a mom that struggles with handling her challenging emotions in a healthy way, listen up. I got a tool for you. If you go in the show notes of this podcast, you will see a link where you can sign up for a five-day free mini course. And in that mini course, you get to learn actual practical things that you can do in the moment and outside of the moment to be more patient and calm so you're not as overwhelmed, so you're not as stressed, and actual ways to learn to de-stress yourself and calm your nervous system down. How often do we hear that we shouldn't react, we should respond? And the problem is, well, how? In the moment, I don't know how because I'm so overwhelmed and so triggered. In this mini course, you get to learn the how. I am so excited that I have these skills that I can share with you. So go in the show notes, click on the link, enter your email, and then you can start the five-day free mini course. So another, another question I get a lot from moms is about um, having all different ages 
how do you handle homeschooling when you have so many different ages? Um, one of the things that I think we have to realize is that our children need to be taught how to be independent. And I think we set up expectations for them from the beginning without actually teaching them how to do it. So in the school system, the whole month of September is not, there's no real teaching being done other than let's set up our routines, our classroom management system, create the rules, create the environment, right? And then when we homeschool, we think that we don't have to do that. We just start searching for curriculums. The books come in, everyone gets excited. And then we start. And then by October, we're like, what is going on? This is terrible. Depending on um, how you respond, how your children are liking the curriculum or not, we need to spend, when you first start homeschooling, you need to spend a solid chunk of time really working on what your environment should look like, what you want your day to look like. One of the things I, I suggest is to create what a perfect day, what a perfect homeschool day would look like and actually write it down from the moment, what time do you wake up? What do you do before lunch? All of the things, what are you doing after lunch? When are the, when is the free time happening? When are the breaks happening? And then look at your perfect day and say to yourself, okay, what do I need to take out of my life or what do I need to change in order for this perfect day to happen. Because I think we, we, because like I said before, because of social media and stuff, we are looking at other families and we're trying to create their day for our family. And that's not necessarily how it's going to work depending on um, your spouse and when you eat dinner and how many kids you have. If you have a baby, recognize the season that you're in and write out your perfect day and your perfect day will change as your kids get older. But that's just one strategy that I think really helps you to create this, this vision. Well, how do I want my homeschool to look and what needs to happen in order to get there? Mm-hmm. Um, can you touch on like how your day looks like? Cause you said one of your kids is in high school and mm-hmm. then you have three that you're homeschooling, like practically speaking, like what time of the day do you guys start? Like for how many hours do you work? And then, cause I know kids need a break. Um, and then sometimes when they do take a break, getting them back into getting them settled down, that's like a whole other process cause they want to keep playing. So can you kind of like practically speaking, like how does your day go? Like when, when do you guys eat lunch? Do you do more school after lunch? Um, are you like done after three or how does it look like? So for us, my um, my older daughter, she gets driven to school by my husband, so I don't have to drive her. I pick her up at the end of the day. So we start 9.30, 10, 10.30, between 9.30 and 10.30, which is a lot later than most people. But I want to make sure that we are not we have enough time to kind of decompress. I know for myself, I need that. I tend to wake up with a lot of brain fog and I want to make sure I have my coffee and I have time. If I hadn't, if I don't wake up early in the morning, it's very hard for me to start homeschooling them if I'm not in the right mindset. So depending on how I'm feeling in the morning, I 
will give my kids breakfast and then I will put on a Bible story podcast or I'll read to them something from the Bible. So we, we always use food as our anchor to, if they're eating, we're doing some type of school around our food because we're naturally gathered together. So I think that's one good tip to help you to, um, you're always sitting for breakfast and lunch, use that time to teach. So, and if you can't, you can have some type of audio playing. So that's what we do around breakfast time. And then I send them off to do chores. They, um, they get dressed for the day. They brush their teeth. Um, I have them make their bed and do one chore. And then we come back and we start um, our reading and our math. I have my older daughter. She does math online. We do the teaching textbooks curriculum. So I have her do that first. And if my older daughter is up earlier before we start homeschooling for the day, I tell her do math right away, get it over with. So she knows to take the computer and do that. That's something we just started because I realized that um, when I'm with the little ones, the three and five-year-olds and her, I don't want to start the day by having myself work with my older one. And then my little ones are kind of just sitting there. So I, I want to teach independence. So I think that's really important to teach independence, give your older child a way to do something on their own and create the curriculum so that they can do something on their own. Maybe it's not math. Maybe your child needs a math to be done with you, but there's handwriting, something that you can do that they can actually do on their own before you all gather together. That's, that's a good, um, that's a good way for you to create an environment where you're teaching independence. And then when you sit together, you can all work together as a team. So once we sit, we do singing, we do a lot of, a lot of songs. My children learn best through singing. So we will do Um, classical conversations has an app. So we don't go to the classical conversations co-op. We just do all of the um, memory work just in math. So we sing the multiplication songs because I feel like that having that set up in your, in your mind from a very early age helps you with math long-term. How many kids? Sounds so much more fun than what I was doing in school. um, Like learning multiplication. Yeah. And how many kids in our school system get to third grade? They don't even know their multiplication tables. And then they're struggling in math because they haven't had the foundation. Our schools don't teach memories, memory work through songs. They just, most of them really don't do that. And that's so important. I, you know, how many children I had to send and call the parents and say, can you just memorize your times tables? And I would have to give them some YouTube links and stuff because it's unfortunate that we don't teach that at the very beginning. So we work on songs and um, basically I use our morning time to pull different fun resources and read different things. We do a lot of um, seasonal hand rhymes and songs and things like that. So we use that time to really just connect and enjoy, right? And then after that, I'll work individually with my older daughter. And then by that time, my little ones are ready to go and play because they're done. So, and then I'll find time throughout the day after to sit with my five-year-old. We have a book that we work on our reading with, but even with that, 
I have a curriculum for reading. I have two apps that I follow to help her with reading. But many times we don't go through the book. Sometimes we will just work together and I'll just ask her, oh, look at this word. Do you think we can read this word, you know, throughout the day to make sure that I'm touching base with her? Um, So every day kind of looks a little bit different, but the important thing is it's so hard for, I hesitate to say, this is a great schedule for you because your day is going to look completely different than mine, right? I start out a lot later than most people too. So the with regards to reading, I usually spend time with my little, little ones. When my oldest is in Spanish, she takes Spanish um, on Zoom with my sister-in-law. So she actually does that three days a week and in really short lessons. So that's the time where I work with my little ones. So having three days a week of solid reading time in 20 minute blocks is pretty much enough for little ones. to learn how to read. They, they learn so fast. If you spend that focused time. Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Um, I, what would you say? Like, I mean, I've noticed, um, but I'm talking about like basing off of schoolwork, regular schoolwork that my kids bring home. Like my six-year-old, he'll get overwhelmed quickly. And he's like, this is too hard. This is, this is too much, or this is boring. Um, how can we like shift that a little bit or like, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do it. You know? So it's like, let's say it's time to sit down with your, your younger ones because your older one is doing Spanish and they're just like all over the place. They don't care to sit down and do schoolwork. How do we kind of regroup them after taking a break and getting them focused again? I feel like that is a big struggle. Mm-hmm. Um, at least like for me with my kids when, you know, they need to do schoolwork. Yeah. And And I think it's hard for them when they're in school for so long and then they have homework and, you know, that's why I love homeschooling because you don't have that struggle. What you're experiencing, the struggle is, is think about how it feels when you have to go to work all day. Think of a parent that works 40 hours a week and then they need to come home And they have to be on for their kids because their kids want to hang out with them and see them. But all they want to do oftentimes is go to sleep, eat dinner and go to bed and have some time to decompress. So we want to make sure that we give our kids time to decompress and um, using a visual timer. um, It's an actual timer where you, where you turn it and you can clearly see the blue to show you how, what 10 minutes looks like. Yeah. I have one of those. I use it with my kids. Yeah. Visual timers, I think are really good. Um, but recognize that they may just be burnt out and they may need time to decompress. Um, you can also write to your, to, if your children are in the school system, you can write to the teacher. And if you truly think that it's too much for them, you have every right to, to say, can we shorten the homework? You know, I've shortened, I've reduced homework um, for many of my students, um, because I just saw that they weren't getting it done. They would come home, they would come back to school and they would not have their homework wouldn't be done. So I reached out to the parents and we worked something out. So I think you have to, 
to think more of yourself. You are the, you are in charge, even though your children are in school, you are in charge of your child's education and you have every right to make requests and ask to reduce the homework. And that's okay. So giving yourself permission to do that would be helpful. Um, but I, I always like to incorporate anytime my child has to do something and they're, they're younger and they have a lot of energy, let them get that energy out and maybe entice them with a snack. You get your snack. Once you sit and we start doing our homework, things like that. Um, you want to, you want to give them some sort of an incentive that they can't get otherwise to kind of help them. Um, yeah. How about like, I um, like moving their body, you know, like little ones, they just so active. I'm like, I wish I had half the energy that my kids have. (laughs) And, uh, but do you, have you found like, like activities that you lean towards to do more that like requires them to move their body more Mm -hmm. versus just like sitting. So I feel like that is really challenging for my younger boys to sit there still to try to do stuff. They just want to like, go all over the place. And, um, yeah. And I think, you know, it depends on the subject that you're trying to work on too, but movement and committing something to memory and moving around is a lot better. You can retain information when you're moving. It just activates both sides of the brain. Um, so for example, like we, if you don't know the American sign language alphabet, let's think about like teaching reading, If you learn the American Sign Language alphabet, like the hand motions for every single letter, when you start teaching reading, you can show them what the letter B looks like, and then they're automatically going to associate this hand motion with the sound that the letter B makes, and then it's going to help them to learn how to read faster. That's something that I've noticed over time. So there are a lot of different strategies to incorporate movement into a school day, Um, and like, for example, I, I know I have, um, we have a science curriculum and it's on audio. So we do that on purpose because then my daughter can track and sit there and listen and track the words on in the, in the book. And we chose something that she was specifically interested in. We're learning about animals this year because that's something she's interested in. So with homeschooling, you're again, it. It's hard because when you have your kids in the school system and they have to do the work, it's a lot harder for you because it's not something that you chose. It's not something that you designed for them. But when you're homeschooling, we wanted to learn about animals. My daughter's not really fighting me to do science because she loves it. She wants to learn. She's amazed and intrigued by everything that she's learning. But I'm also teaching her reading through that. I'm teaching her because she's listening and tracking the words. And I don't have to be the one to read the book either. <laughs> so oh, that's so helpful. Like even like just even that having her listen to audio and her tracking kind of um, lets her be more independent and allows you to work with another child that needs some help. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's like even that makes me like hopeful that if I would do homeschooling in the future, which I'm not against, I'm open to it. I just feel like in this season with a newborn, I'm like, this is just not the year for me. (laughs) I wouldn't work. I feel like it'd be really overwhelming starting something new with a new baby. Yeah. Um, But it's, 
like it makes me hopeful that it's not as um, stressful and as challenging as I played it out in my in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we always overcomplicate something. Um, but it really doesn't have to be, it can be really simple. And like I said, I mentioned before the core subjects, math and reading, they can be taught in through a variety of different ways. And just think about what your goal for your children, when they leave your home, I, I like to think, I want them to, to get jobs that they love right? I want them to enjoy what they end up doing for a living. So because of that, what am I doing now to set them up for success when they eventually leave my home? Right. And I think that's, that's not the way our school system is designed. Our school system is designed kind of like a babysitting service, right? That's just, it's public education. Um, It depends. I mean, if you're sending your kids to private school, it might be a little bit different, but you, if you have the goal of, I want, I want them to love what they're doing for a living, you're going to naturally work as a partnership with your children. And you're going to find out what they're interested in, expose them to different scenarios, have them talk to people in the field. If they want to be a vet, for example, reach out to a a vet, vet and find out if they'll give your child a little walkthrough, you know, their, of their um, office, just there are ways for you to create an environment where they're really excited and they love learning because they know of all the possibilities that are there for them in as they get older uh, instead of okay now it's time to do school and this is what we're doing get your books mm-hmm. you know yeah. so it's just a mindset thing yeah that's helpful that's helpful and like even like knowing the like oh like going on a field trip to the zoo can be like a school day mm-hmm. and um, just because when I think of homeschooling, I think of like what my husband experienced sitting at the computer and reading textbooks and taking tests. And that's like, sounds so boring. I don't think any kid would want to do that. It is boring. <laughs> yeah. Well, even for adults, I think too. <laughs> okay. So this was really helpful. So before we leave, like, what do you want our listeners to remember? Like the one thing that you want them to walk away with? when, if you were to start homeschooling, I, I have a, um, I'll send you, I have a starter kit. If you're thinking about it and you're brand new and the starter kit will help you to create a, you'll, to understand all the homeschooling philosophies that are out there is I don't want people to start Googling cur- math curriculum, homeschool math curriculum, or homeschool science curriculums. You want to start off homeschooling with a clear vision for how you want your particular homeschool to go. So understanding all of the homeschooling philosophies that are out there, seeing which ones will best work for your children, and then setting up a day that makes sense based off of that. Um, I just want to make sure that you think about your unique family and not focus on what everyone else is doing. And what helps you to feel like you're getting things accomplished? Some people feel really good about having a checklist. You can do that. You can have a checklist of things to do. Some kids really need a checklist, but that checklist doesn't necessarily have to be super long. It can be shorter. 
starting off small, if you do homeschool and start off really small and work with just one subject for a couple of weeks and then gently add in more, you're going to be more successful than overdoing it and adding too many things onto your plate at first. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Where can our listeners find you? I am on, um, on my website is whole9family.com. Um, it's with the number nine, W-H-O-L-E, the number nine family. And then I'm also on Instagram um, at the same handle, whole9family. And I have Facebook too, but I'm mostly active on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you so much. This is really, really helpful. And then you, you mentioned that you're um, a coach also for homeschooling for moms that need maybe like one-on-one mm-hmm. um, and then they're yes, you know, I, struggling with this journey. Yes. I have a, um, I work um, with moms one-on-one if they, if they need help per- to really personalize their own schedules and what at homeschooling related to be able to implement it into their life. And um, I also have a course called Life Schooling Made Simple that basically walks you through the A to Z of everything related to setting up your homeschool based on your life, um, just all the details about reporting and um, curriculum. And uh, so it's kind of the comprehensive overview of how to create a homeschool that works for you. So, oh my gosh, I would totally need that. When I would start homeschooling, I'm like, I would have to take some sort of course or something because I'm like, like starting from scratch, not knowing much about it and all these curriculums. It's like, which one do I choose? How do I structure my day? There's just so much to learn and implement. So I would definitely need something like that to help me figure out where to start and what to focus on. So I'm glad you created that. Thank you so much. That's so helpful. Thank you so much for having me on. I've noticed that a lot of moms have a hard time investing in themselves. They think, oh, I'll just figure this out on my own. I will just, I'll get it eventually. I just need to try harder. But has it worked? Has it really, really worked for you? I know that I personally had to go through a season in my life where I had to invest a lot financially to become a better version of myself. I was really struggling, I was in dark place, and I needed somebody to hold my hand and tell me what the next step was. I did not want to be the mom that is angry, that is overwhelmed, that is irritated, that is frustrated, that is snappy at my kids. That's not the kind of mom I wanted my kids to remember. So I ended up going to counseling and investing into myself. I learned so much through that. And now I am so passionate in helping moms to become better versions of themselves. Oftentimes, we just don't know where to start. None of us were really taught how to regulate our own emotions under stress. Most of us have no idea how to do that, and our parents never did it. Nobody taught us. And sometimes we really just need someone to hold our hand and tell us what to do. I'm here for you, Mama. In the show notes, you can sign up for my monthly membership where you get to learn how to become a more patient mom. You get to learn how to regulate your own challenging emotions. We get to do things proactively where we support ourselves so we are more patient to begin with. Also, I offer now one-on-one coaching for moms that really need the one-on-one who are really, really struggling, who don't want to 
talk about their problem in a group setting, but they really need that support. They need to figure out why they're stressed out to begin with, how to cut their stress out of their lives, how to manage their stress, how to regulate their own emotions in a way that works for them. I just want to let you know, I got you mama. So check out in the show notes. You can email me directly for the membership.